With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. This week, we are covering all four points of the compass and bringing you the latest China business news. We have stories about China's worst sandstorms in over a decade and what that says about its neighbor to the north. China has hit back against accusations about Xinjiang in its west. We have news on the country's COVID vaccine program starting to vaccinate foreign nationals in Shanghai in China's east. And we have news about cross-border payments wherever you might be in the country. With no need to bring out a map, here is everything you need to know about China and the world of business this week. People across northern China continue to battle dust-laden winds and orange-tinted skies as the country has been hit by a series of sandstorms, the biggest in nearly a decade. Experts say such extreme weather has become rare since the government invested in projects to block wind and keep sand on the ground earlier this century. However, there is concern that the sandstorms serve to highlight long-ignored ecological problems in China's neighbor Mongolia, where the storms originated, causing at least 10 deaths, leaving hundreds of people missing and killing more than 1,200 livestock. China has hit back over claims by other countries of rights abuses in Xinjiang. China has imposed sanctions on nine British individuals and four entities for what it calls maliciously spreading lies and disinformation over labor conditions in China's far western Xinjiang autonomous region. The action is in retaliation to UK sanctions against China early this week. The individuals and entities sanctioned include British lawmakers, lawyers, and businesses, including Tom Tuggenhat, a Conservative Party lawmaker, Helena Kennedy, a Scottish barrister, and the China Research Group, a China-focused research group. China is cracking down on illicit borrowing used to fuel China's white-hot property speculation in key cities such as Beijing and Shenzhen. The China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission, the Ministry of Housing and Urban Rural Development, and the People's Bank of China issued a joint statement on Friday announcing a nationwide inspection of business loans targeting borrowers illicitly using individual or corporate business loans to speculate in the housing market. China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission Chairman Guo Shuqing said last year, that real estate is the biggest gray rhino threat to China's financial system, meaning that the risk is significant but often neglected. 
Good news if you are a foreign resident in China and looking to get vaccinated. Beijing has started providing Chinese-made COVID-19 vaccinations to foreign residents aged 18 and above, and these will be free for those enrolled in the city's medical insurance system. For others, the vaccines will cost about $14 per dose, with two doses necessary. Earlier in the week, Shanghai announced that foreign nationals would be able to apply for vaccination starting on March 29th. And there's more good news if you're a foreigner looking to make a cross-border payment or to receive one. China's central bank issued a statement that its joint venture with SWIFT aims to improve the stability of domestic connections with the global cross-border financial messaging system and ensure data security and compliance with domestic regulations. SWIFT, which of course stands for the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication, provides a network that enables members in more than 200 countries, including banks and other financial institutions, to send and receive information about cross-border transactions. China's central bank announcement helps put to rest rumors that China was potentially promoting the use of the PBOC's digital currency across borders, although the statement made no mention of this. China's state-owned offshore oil and gas producer, CNOOC, C-N-O-O-C, reported its profits plummeted 59% last year to 25 billion yuan, approximately $3.8 billion, the lowest annual figure in four years. The plunge came after international oil prices fell in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, resulting in declines in both the realized price it could charge for oil and the company's sales volume. The company is currently facing delisting of its American depository shares on the New York Stock Exchange under an executive order signed in November by the then-U.S. President Donald Trump. On March 10th, CNUC requested that the bourse review its delisting decision. And finally, even with the global pandemic, restrictions on international travel, and fraught U.S.-China relations, China has kept its top spot when it comes to international students in the United States. Students from China represented the largest group of international students in the U.S. in 2020. There were 382,000 Chinese students studying in the U.S. in 2020, accounting for 31% of all international students, according to a new tally by the Immigration and Customs Enforcement's Student and Exchange Visitor Program. The number declined by 92,000 from the previous year, but was still ahead of India and South Korea, who were second and third, respectively. Let's turn now to Tyson Global's managing editor, Doug Young. Doug, welcome back, man. What you got for us this week? Yeah, uh, this week I want to push our, our cover story, uh, which is all about extracurricular education in China. Um, it's, a, it's a great story, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about it here because there's a few highlights and some threads that I want to cover, but I, I would recommend people go online and check out the story. Um, so the story is basically all about education and specifically extracurricular education. Uh, when we say extracurricular, you, you think that that's, you know, well, that's supposed to be sports and hobbies and stuff like that. But in China, it's like that, that this massive industry has sprung up uh, basically with all sorts of online and and classroom and one-on-one -on -one tutoring and it's just it's it's insane you know uh kids basically get out of school and then get taken to you know to these uh cram schools where they take more classes and on weekends when you know kids in the west would be out 
playing and and having fun there in the classroom again and and during the you know the whole covid thing uh the online classes got to be really big um and and you know none of it's gone away and and it's just this incredibly competitive atmosphere in china you know uh, even parents who seem laid back you know they they they're just like well i have to get my kid more education otherwise they'll never get into the good school and that will put them you know at a disadvantage for the rest of their lives so that's that's the the big story and it just sort of how it's getting out of control is is sort of the the basic background but it really has sort of gone into overdrive uh you've just seen all these these big uh or not so big uh small online education companies pop up over the the last few years so i understand that there's been a bit of a crackdown on the industry can you tell us what's going on there yeah, well, that's the, the 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 newest wrinkle, and that's what uh, the cover story sort of focuses on. Uh, you know, apart from the big issue um, during the the recent uh, two sessions, which is the annual meeting of China's legislature and also the top consultative body, uh, there was a lot of discussion about just how you know this this focus on education and specifically all this extracurricular stuff is just getting out of control. Uh, you know, and and that sometimes that kind of buzz, you know, indicates there might be some sort of clampdown coming. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people are saying, you know, this is really for the kids' mental health. Uh, A lot of kids just can't take this. And, you know, you do sort of wonder how much ahead in life they get by getting all this extra cramming. But um, so there's talk about that. And then there's also been some specific action. Uh, there was a, a COVID flare-up uh, probably two or three weeks before the, the two sessions. So that was probably like mid-February. And a lot of uh, online, not sorry, not online, real-world uh, tutor centers got shut down during that. And now apparently they're making them really jump through a lot of hoops before they can reopen, uh, having to get like every single facility certified and produce all sorts of documents and and people are saying you know this might be part of an effort to make sure some of these places just never never reopen uh because they're just not not good for the kids and you know we might see that spreading around to more places you know chinese do often use this kind of sort of certification or sort of you know excuse to to shut places down um, you know, places that have been operating in the gray zone all along are suddenly found to be out of compliance. And guess what? Uh, they get shut down. So what does all this regulatory tightening, this crackdown actually mean for the share prices of these businesses, many of which are listed? Are investors getting spooked? Well, there was actually an interesting story on this. Last week, uh, there was a, a big sell-off on Friday uh, for a company called GSX Edutech, I think is the name, uh, proper name. And um, the stock just tanked something like 40% and, and everybody started dumping education stocks because they figured, oh my God, uh, this is, must be the latest crackdown. But then later on, it turned out the the big drop for GSX may have just been one particularly large uh, shareholder selling shares for completely unrelated reasons, you know, just trying to raise money to pay back some debt. Uh, so I think that spooked the market a little bit, but it seems like uh, things bounced back a little bit after that. And, 
the education stocks have been under pressure a bit, you know, for like last month or two. But um, this this one sell-off was a little unusual. But bottom line is I do think uh, we'll probably see some of these stocks go the way of the dinosaur, you know, probably in the next year or two. All righty. Thanks, Doug. And we look forward to having you back on the show again soon. Okay. Thanks, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Taishin Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata with stories from the staff of Taishin Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Taishin Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. Hear stories from Taishin Global, SubChina, and many, many other China-focused outlets on the new China Stories podcast. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for our daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care.